Let us turn to the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 4, the verse 36, Joseph, who by the Apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. Now the name of the man is Joseph, or Joseph. But that's the only time he's called that in the Bible. The first time we meet him, this is his true name, his real name, the name that he was given at birth. He was a Cypriot Jew. He was converted to the Lord Jesus Christ in the early days of Christianity. And he became a Christian of distinction. In fact, in chapter 14, he is called an apostle, referring to the apostles, Paul and Barnabas is among them, so he even got that name of an apostle. So renowned was he in the early Christian church. And there is a a tradition that has gone around in the early Christian church. Uh, Tertullian, who was born about a hundred years after Barnabas died, you know that the epistle to the Hebrews is anonymous, The author isn't stated, and there's always been a kind of a question, who is the author of Hebrews? We tend to believe it was the Apostle Paul. But there was an early tradition, and Tertullian was one of the ones who held to that tradition, that Barnabas was the author of the epistle to the Hebrews. So he certainly was a man of distinction in the Christian church. But his name, Joseph, isn't the name that stuck. He got a new name. He got another name. He was surnamed Barnabas. We don't read of the name Joseph again. Ever afterwards, and we read of him several times in the Acts of the Apostles, and he's referred to in some of Paul's epistles, and he's always called Barnabas. The nickname that he got from the Apostles, that stuck. And 29 times the name Barnabas occurs. And it's obvious that it was given to him because of his nature, because of something that stood out in his life. Luke, he wants us to know what the name means, and he has penned in the interpretation of the name, lest we misunderstand it. It is interpreted the son of consolation. It reflects his nature. This doesn't mean that his father was the comforter and the consoler. No, he himself was a son of consolation. It's as if He was born with that, as if he was born of consolation itself. So powerful was it ingrained into his heart and nature. He was an encourager, a son of encouragement. When you read the accounts of him in in the Acts of the Apostles, you, you see that. Now, I'm sure that there were many Christians who sought to be encouraging. And all Christians seek to do that. Every Christian gets the grace to in some way or other, even if it's in small ways, to be encouragers and consolers. But obviously Barnabas stood out as prominent in it. He was a big encourager. He had a big heart. He was a giant in gentleness. He's one of the few in Scripture who we have a fair idea what he may have looked like because we have a description of him from the people of his day. If you turn to Acts chapter 14, 
whenever he was in Lystra with Paul in verse 12. Lystra, this man who was healed, he was crippled from his mother's womb. He'd never walked and he was healed through the instrumentality of Paul. And the people began to worship Paul and Barnabas. And in verse 11, they said, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius or Mercury because he was the chief speaker. Jupiter is, the Greek is literally Zeus, and Mercury, the Greek is literally Hermes. But these, these are the Roman names here, but they were known in, among the Greeks. As Zeus and Hermes. And there are plenty of idols of these gods. And there are plenty of descriptions of what these gods were supposed to be like. And Hermes is the, is the little man who talks a lot. Speaks a lot. They called Paul that then. Because he was always doing the speaking. The chief speaker. The chief talker. And so they identified him as Mercury. But Zeus who was the main god amongst the Grecians, the top god, the chief god, who is a big god, a big man, and he's depicted. He has big eyes. He's a big, thick beard. He's a kind of a giant. And he has a strong voice, like thunder. These are the kind of descriptions that you have of Zeus. And that's what they call Barnabas. So if you have this idea that he's some sort of backward, a wee softy, a wee gentle soft man, that's a wrong impression. He probably was a big man, rough and tough, and yet he had a gentle heart, a real encourager, a good consoler of the saints. And I think you see his toughness coming out. He, he could stand his ground. You know that he stood his ground against Paul. Remember when he wanted to bring Mark back another trip? Paul didn't want that. He failed on the first trip. And Barnabas withstood Paul and insisted on bringing John. And so great was the strife between them that they had to part. And Paul went his own way and Barnabas went with Mark again back to Cyprus. So it shows you that he wasn't a walkover either, even though he was a, a, an encourager and a consoler. So it is this, this man Barnabas saying, that we want to think about for a few moments. It's not going to be long, because I want to speak about the plowing outreach a little. You see here in verse 37, where we first meet him, that he's very generous. His generosity is seen. He sacrifices all. He had land, and he sold it, and he laid it at the disciples' feet, because those were hard days. The poor were very many, and probably they were being put out of the synagogues, losing their jobs maybe because of their conversion to Jesus of Nazareth, becoming paupers because of their confession of faith. And the disciples had to stick together. And the more wealthy sold their property in order to help the poor Christians. Barnabas was one of the first that did that. And he genuinely did that. Sold all and gave to the people of God through the apostles. And he's a contrast to Ananias and Sapphira in the next chapter because they, they pretended to do that. They, they tried to look like Barnabas. They tried to 
in the surface be the same as Barnabas, but they weren't genuine. They held back and they were exposed. So Barnabas is the real consoler. And Ananias and Sapphira, they're the counterfeit of that. So he's a real son of consolation. And of course, whenever you think of this name, consolation, you think of Christ because it's one of his names. It's a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, though this, this tough man, the apostles could see he had a Christ-likeness. And it was the apostles who named him. And the apostles had been with Jesus. They were familiar with Jesus. And so whenever they give him a name like this, they, they know that they're giving him a Christ-like name. And it's his Christ-likeness that, that comes out. And that's why they called him this, because of his Christ-likeness. Because the Lord Jesus was, was a, a comforter and a consoler. The first time we meet this word consolation is in the temple. Shortly after the birth of Christ. And you remember how Simeon takes up the little child. And he's, he's there, brought into the temple at, at the right time to meet the Christ child. But in the description of, of Simeon, Waiting. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for Christ. But what did he know Christ the Messiah as? Well the Bible says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that's the name of Christ. And that's what the old rabbis would have termed Messiah. The comforter. The consoler. And Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel for the Christ. And Barnabas gets that name, the son of consolation, as if he was a, a son of Christ himself, as if he was so like the Lord Jesus. So he is the consoler. And Jesus is the comforter. And he said, I'll send you another comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And we know that Barnabas is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this comes out in his consoling ministry amongst the people and Barnabas was like this all the time giving rest giving encouragement bringing refreshment to the people of God and whenever the church wanted to send a man to Antioch to encourage Antioch they couldn't seek out any better man than Barnabas and they sent him because they knew the kind of man he would be amongst them Whenever the church at Antioch, whenever they wanted to send out their first missionaries, they, they become well-established church now, and they want to reach out to the world now. And who is the first one that they send out? It's Barnabas. So he must have really stood out as able for the work of God. And they knew they weren't sending a difficult man. They knew they weren't sending a man who's going to create problems. They knew that they were sending out a man who would be gentle with people and would, who would have the work of God at heart and not just himself. So Barnabas. You remember how Barnabas found Saul at the first? Everybody was afraid to take Saul in. He wanted to join the disciples, but everybody was afraid. They didn't believe he was a disciple. But what did Barnabas do? He took him and he brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and how he'd been changed, how he'd been converted 
and how he became a preacher and how he was preaching Christ boldly in Damascus. So he took away the fears of the apostles. Genuine fears. But he had such an ability to be able to comfort them and console them and to still those fears. And he did. So that, that's the kind of man that he was. So it's seen not only in his generosity. It's seen not only in his standing by the isolated and the outcast, such as Saul and such as John Mark after he failed. Paul didn't want anything more to do with him, and yet Barnabas wanted to encourage him. So he, stand, he stands with them, with the outcasts, with the backslider restored to give another chance. But it's also seen in his preaching. Not that we have many sermons of him, but we have a description of the effects of his sermons. And he was a comforting preacher. And maybe this was why the name stuck more than anything, because he'd have been an early preacher in the church. And whenever they sent him as a preacher to Antioch, they probably realized he is a, a very encouraging preacher. He's able to edify, he's able to exhort. In fact, very often the word here, consolation, is translated in our English Bible, exhortation. Exhortation, the son of exhortation. Because exhortation is preaching that is comforting, that is edifying, that's encouraging, that's building up and not knocking down. He was that kind of preacher. And Paul wanted Timothy to be that kind of preacher because he said, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and that's the same word, consolation, to consolation, to exhortation, to preaching consoling sermons. So give attendance to that. Paul writing to the Hebrews, ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh to you as unto children. My son despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So the, the Christians are being chastened. The Lord is giving them the rod. But there is to accompany the rod exhortation. In other words, the Lord gives the rod, but we don't add to the rod. We don't scourge the people of God. We are to console them and comfort them. It's the Lord's business to use the rod and to chasten them. Uh, but the exhortation is to accompany that. And so Paul says, you've forgotten the exhortation that, that accompanies the rod. And then at the end of the epistle to the Hebrews, he says, I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. Allow the word of exhortation to come to you. Listen to it. Be encouraged through the preaching. Barnabas was like that because whenever he went to Antioch, we read in chapter 11 and the verse 22, we read that they sent Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all. And this is the word, consoled them all. The son of consolation consoled them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Well, why was he this kind of exhorter? Why was he the son of consolation? Well, Luke tells he was a good man, he had a good heart, and he was full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And so comforting and edifying was his ministry that much people was added on to the Lord. 
So there was his, his sacrificial giving, his kindness in giving, his standing by the outcasts and the isolated, his edifying, comforting ministry. And then another thing that must have been consoling, although we don't read of this concerning him, but I, I think it must have been present. And it's assumed. And that was that he prayed. He prayed for the people. Um, probably his prayers, whenever people would hear his prayers, that would be consoling. Uh, whenever people hear you pray for them, it comforts them. And Barnabas must have been a man like that, praying for others. And the Antioch church would have heard him praying for them. And that would have been such a comfort, a cons consolation, encouragement to them also. So we, we encourage people by our prayers for them. Uh, by praying for them. And the sick are encouraged when we know we're praying for them. And they feel the benefit of it too. And very often, although maybe they're not always healed and not always healed quick, but the Lord sustains them and helps them. And they feel the help of that. They feel the power upholding them and sustaining them. And they know it's because people are praying. Very many of God's people have said to me that they know the church is praying. They know the people are praying. And that, that comforts them. So... We be a consoling church when we pray for others and for one another. So these are just a few thoughts on, on Barnabas, the son of consolation. And may it please the Lord to so work in us by his Holy Spirit and make us full of faith and of the Holy Spirit that we'll all be like that. We'll all be comforters and helpers to one another. So may the Lord bless these words to you for his great name's sake.